When writing reviews of eBay sellers, I still use A++ in, in, in the comments. Really? Does that, like, does that make me old? Or, or do, you, do you still do that, or do you not use eBay anymore? I, I do use eBay. It, it's a key piece in my continuing purchase of electronics, uh, selling, selling my old electronics. Oh, but do you have an Amazon business account yet? Because they noticed you bought electronics in the past? <laughs> no, I, I I haven't followed through on that yet. Like three hours after you sent that, it popped up again for me, which is like the third time. So I guess just every month it's like, oh yeah, occasionally you buy things that plug into something. Yeah, so so for context here, so th this happened to me yesterday, the day before. I, I logged into Amazon and a little window popped up that said, hey, you know, we noticed that you've bought electronics in the past. Do you want to open a small business account? As if only small business, or I guess it just said business account, not necessarily small business account. But apparently only businesses purchase electronics or something. But then you brought up the really good point that Amazon's homepage is just really bad, mm -hmm. which is weird for a company that in Runs a lot of other areas is it, right. And, but in a lot of other areas is really good with, you know, as you would say, big data and everything. You mean Batman? <laughs> Wait, what? shit. What was it? Oh, the, that Twitter oh, no, account? It, no, it, yeah. it was literally just a thing that changed. It, it, okay, it was, yeah, Big Data became Batman. Right. How, how can Batman have health medical right. research? Um, well, no, because that, that is the problem. Because the, the key issue with Amazon is, like, let's say you're looking for a new waffle maker. And you're sitting there researching. You've had, you've had things in your cart for a while. And you, you eventually, you pull the trigger and you, you, get, you get the right one. You chose the Breville. And you're like, this is overpriced, but this this is the right one to get. This is the one I'm putting on my registry. Like you you do that, and then for the next three months, it still shows you fucking twelve waffle irons you didn't buy, and doesn't realize no, you're done with that purchase. Like right now, if I look at my homepage, it's like uh, a bunch of stuff for my camera that I already bought, uh, a net, a bunch of networking switches that I already bought. Like it's just none of this is perspective purchases it's like I, I i don't get how such a powerful retailer doesn't solve that well you know the the whole ad retargeting thing that's been happening more and more oh yeah um it, it's almost like that follow you on the internet yeah it, it's almost as if amazon's homepage is, is literally just amazon retargeted ads which is weird well, no, that but that's the difference is that retargeting, like, let's say you go to Nordstrom and you're like, there's a pair of Converse shoes I really like, and you don't buy them. The fact that that follows me around through a sketchy network of cookies and, and um, IP history that's shared across stuff that I didn't really opt into, uh, I get it. It kind of offends me and, and, it's, and it's gross, but I get it. But the thing is, once you buy it, the retargeting stops because you already bought it. So there's there's no ROI in this in continuing to pester you about... A purchase you've already made. So Amazon's homepage is worse than <laughs> retargeted ads. It's okay though, because again, like their their illustrator or whoever they have on file for advertising prime really likes corgis. So like half the illustrations on the homepage are corgis. So I'm I'm totally down with that. Yeah, there you go. Um but no, going back to the eBay thing, yeah, but you do remember that as being a thing, right? Like A plus plus quick seller, the fantastic no fraud, verified PayPal address. I mean, being a being a great seller myself on eBay, I I get comments like that all have? the time. Or how um, many transactions do you have on your belt? Well, I mean, those are two very different questions because you don't you don't get feedback for all of your transactions. You do. 
You can't. We the, the leaving feedback is voluntary. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a transaction that did, feedback did not get left. Oh, I ha- I have tons. Hmm. Um, I have ninety eight. Wow. Hmm. And that's that goes back to if I click in on my history here. Uh, that goes back. I thought it said the date that you joined here, but it's got it's got to be like oh five, oh six, something like that. It does. If you log into eBay and you click on the number, it tells you member since. Yeah, member since January six, two thousand five, and wow. I have one hundred percent positive feedback. Ooh, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, I take I, I take pride uh, on my eBay sales because you know I I said it jokingly up at the top, but I I mean it in that a key way to justify upgrading my gadgets is the ability to be able to sell my my current said gadget especially with something like 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 an ipad is like a quintessential example of this where i've upgraded ipads probably way more often than i really need to but a key mechanism for me to be able to do that is ipads hold their value really well and they sell on ebay really well can we bring an online offline conversation on the air please um oh so you know you... i i was i was gonna t- sorry not, not to interrupt but i i really want to tell you this um i on another podcast i listened to they referred to this idea that there are conversations that happen on and off the show and they used the phrase off mic which i thought was pretty good hmm. so something to think about we don't need to commit to using that now but just just think about that <laughs> you mean you mean for us hijacking the phrase yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about it off mic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, let me. Where's the thing? Let me scroll back in the history. Uh, can you remind people of what the? Gosh darn it! Where is it? When did we talk about this? There's a lot of there's a lot of things in the thing. But things I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> um. Oh, there it is. Can you remind people what the Ryan Doctrine was? So the Ryan Doctrine says that. And it, it's really it's really centered around the iPhone, although you could, in a stretch kind of way, apply it to other things. You can justify upgrading to the latest version of something if it's something that you use regularly. So I think specific to the iPhone, I've said it is by far and away my number one most used of anything on any given day. So I can justify always upgrading to the latest one. And then you also, I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna name it either Fretwell's theorem or Fretwell's corollary. Uh, you also you 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 invented one or brought up one about uh, package delivery. What was that? I did. What what did I say about that? You said it's always the packages that are time sensitive that get delayed, and the ones you don't really care about are the ones that arrive a day early. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that's damn. I wish I would have remembered that <laughs> off the top. That's a, that's a pretty smart, pretty smart little thing. We'll, we'll 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 edit all this out and I'll just fire it right back to you. Yeah, we'll edit out all the self-adulation. <laughs> is there an emoji of patting yourself on the back? Wait, I don't think there it? is, but there really should be. Let me really submit that to be. Unicode. Right. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty smart. Cause, um, it's very, very true. Because you know, we're never going to get into the show. but uh, So yeah, the eBay thing, we'll, we'll get into what that's about. But um, I did have one weird thing with Amazon this week. Uh, where I ordered something that was going to be a mystery topic for the show, which we'll which we'll talk about in a future episode. Um, I was up late and I decided to to buy something at like I think like twelve twenty a.m. on a Sunday morning, 
and same day delivery was available. And it's like, hey, you can have this in like 10 hours. I'm like, cool. And I never opt for same same day delivery. And I chose it and uh, the package got lost. And it arrived four days later, which is a very un, uh, uninteresting story. But it's, it's, I guess it's interesting in the sense, though, that my experience has been the same where I actually don't remember the last time that I had a just regular prime two-day shipping item uh, being delayed. But I can count numerous times where I've chosen either same day or next day shipping. And those items have been delayed, so I don't. I don't know if it's if it's because those same day and next day items are more likely to use Amazon's own carrier service, and then the two day stuff typically is through a more reliable like UPS or FedEx type vendor. I I, I don't I don't know what the case is, but that, that's definitely been my experience too. Well, so so that's the thing is, so, and, and this is the reason why I feel like even though this is mildly annoying, I don't feel like I could be mad about it because one, um, because the product, I guess this this will spoil what the mystery topic is because the product is uh, shipped and sold and uh, manufactured by Amazon, um, like they don't have a lot of logistical issues getting it to you, and they waive the same day shipping charge, like it it just showed like seven dollars shipping, seven dollar credit on it, um. So like I ended up getting it on uh, on a Wednesday, which is which is three or four days later. Um, where if I had, if it had just been Prime Two Day, which I probably would have been completely fine with. Like I, I don't feel like I'm entitled to be annoyed, but meh. So we'll see. We'll talk about it next week. You but you bought a, a Fire Phone, didn't you? I bought a I bought I bought uh, the six pack of Fire uh, Fire tablets, <laughs> okay. so I can give them to my worst enemies, and then I'll just put a sticky note that says "Beware the Ides of March." <laughs> oh anyway so yeah so ebay yeah I, right. I guess i'm old and in, in that i that i still do that and i don't know why that started but that's a holdover from like the early 2000s where just a plus plus was always a thing i am really lazy with the feedback i provide i i you know i just say you know fast payment or whatever i don't i don't usually have much interesting to say yeah <laughs> Sorry. I was looking at my own feedback because I was looking for one. One I was actually proud of because I got something express mailed to a, to a guy on Saturday and it went across the country and got there Sunday via the UPS. And I was like, that's pretty good. So uh, the feedback I got was amazing delivery time. Thanks. Which is good. But right below that, you know how the, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but you know how the thing where e, uh, PayPal will sell iTunes gift cards a couple of times a year for less than what the face value is? Right. So I do that because that's that's the if people not, not like a if people want like a Warren Buffett tip except for me like that that is the easiest guaranteed return on investment because you're probably you're going to spend money on the iTunes or on the App Store anyway because you're paying for your iCloud storage and all that kind of stuff because they only give you the five gigs the easiest twenty percent return you can make on your money is buying those gift cards. Oh, I didn't yeah I didn't even think about those being um, used for your iCloud storage too. Oh yeah, like you always just like I mean I have my HBO because I. I uh, I have to renegotiate my rate with Comcast again. Cause oh, I just I, I just did that. <laughs> what do you say? I, I just say, oh, baseball's not on. How much does the only internet cost? And usually they're like, oh, I'll put you back in the promo rate. I mean, I'm I'm usually just really nice about it and just say my bill has gone up a lot over the last handful of months. You know, we're looking on ways to you know cut down on monthly costs, which is very true. And, you know, they'll typically look for some kind of, you know, package deal they've got going and 
you know, I, I had one time where it didn't work, but every other time it's, it's been a really easy conversation. Got it. But yeah, so like I, I have my HBO now, I forget which one's which, but I have the HBO billing through iTunes. So it just, I don't know, it, it seems to make sense to, to do that. That's an instant 20% return. Uh, oh, but what I was saying about that is that I got, I got feedback from uh, PayPal underscore digital underscore gifts. And it says, uh, thank you for shopping with PayPal digital gifts. We now offer Dunkin' Donuts. So I think that is Ooh. the best bit of feedback. Speaking my, speak my language. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts is kind of gross. And so is Krispy Kreme. Well, but it depends on what you're referring to. If you're talking about the food, then I I don't think I would call Dunkin' Donuts food gross, but I would uh, not great. Des- I would describe it as unremarkable. However, their coffee Starbucks. is fantastic. Hmm. Oh, don't don't tell me that Starbucks coffee is better than Dunkin' Donuts. We will we will cancel this show. I I don't I've never been to I've never had coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, but also I generally don't get coffee at Starbucks. Okay. Well, all right. Well, we when, can, you, we, when you move to Marin, we'll get you on on Equator. Equator. What yeah. They're, oh, you know, no, they they opened one of those um, in my neck of the woods here. Yeah, the, wait, in uh, the marina? They have one yeah. also in the LinkedIn building downtown. No, they op- They just opened one um, over like over by Fort Mason. Mm. Just opened like a couple months ago. I haven't, I haven't been to it yet, though. You should go. It's pretty good. It's price competitive with Starbucks, and it's, and it's, it's cons- considerably better. I've had an urge to go to Blue Bottle Coffee, because mm-hmm. Mike mentioned on Upgrade that his favorite thing when he's out here is the new orleans iced coffee from there which which i've had and i agree with him is excellent and then he describes some kind of like maple cookie that he gets there when I've, I've never had that but the the combination of those two things together sounds amazing so I've i've been very much wanting to to go to blue bottle it's just just far enough away from where i work though where it would be like it'd be a little bit of a of a walk well, is the closest one the ferry building for you? It is, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, which is doable, but like that would be a little. It's bit a, of a, it's a, a long de- break or road occupy all your lunch. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. You and Mike are like two peas in a pod. You're going to be living the multi pad lifestyle in no time. Oh god. And reviewing games uncritically. I appreciate uh, how mad that makes you. <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 people can things can things don't have to always be crossfire rigorous no 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 i that's not i guess that's not what i'm suggesting i'm just calling into question the premise of only talking about the positive parts of something i don't know i the you i mean in fairness they're extremely upfront about it so you Mm -hmm. as a listener you know what you're getting yourself into They're, they're not trying to work behind the guise of oh here's just like this regular video game podcast and then they just end up talking about all the positive stuff like that would be a very different the, thing it's not the talk show <laughs> oh zing oh you're just the ones that you love but also i i mark has played two-thirds of the episodes of that show yeah you ever think about with podcasts i was thinking about this recently how there are these shows that are your favorite and you listen to them every week and you just you love them and then there just comes a day where you just yes. stop listening or you listen very irregularly and you like mm-hmm. there's no there's like there's no one moment or one reason why it just sort of happens. Mm-hmm. That's happened a lot to me over the years. I've been listening to podcasts for like well over 10 years now. 
And I like when I think back on like my listening habits, there are so many shows that have like come and gone and I wouldn't even really be able to articulate exactly why. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, I was going to make a really dark analogy to relationships, but I'm not going to do that. No, um, mm -mm, don't do that. But that's no, that is it's totally true where you you can't put your finger on it, but you're like, I used to really enjoy this. But also right now, like I think I've, it's either I've heard all of the ideas that will be expressed in this program or it has somehow slowly I, like it is it is has been boiled and like something has changed and you didn't notice it over time. But once you've had some time away from it you kind of find that it's not what you had either built it up to be or Jesus Christ is getting very existential. Um, yeah, no, you totally make it for a point. All right. I'm not making this a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's totally true. Um, Cause actually we'll talk about this. I've, I just for the hell of it, I resubscribe to back to work. Oh, I haven't, I've only listened to like five minutes of one episode this morning but I really want to know, like, because Dan, I think he's a, he's a fine person. Seems like a cool guy. His, his shows are, I think, like, I've kind of changed to where that's not really my my cup of tea anymore. And and I love Merlin, so I'm kind of, I want to know what that still, because it's like 350 episodes in. So I want to know what's going on. So, yeah, I'm going to give one or two episodes a try and, and see kind of how that's going. That's, Back to Work is a great example of this, where that, for quite a stretch there was the show that like the instant it would come out like it was it was like tuesdays right like the instant it would come out i would just be like instant listen every week like probably the show that i look forward to most and i like i haven't listened to an episode in two plus years now yeah it's a thing where you eventually start like yeah the, you kind of it stops becoming an instant listen and then you start getting the, uh, the podcast debt and you're like you know I'm, I'm just gonna let this charge off and and whoever the podcast equivalent of Experian is can come after me for it <laughs> but like yeah it's tricky and i have some other ones like that where it's it's not that i've fallen out of love with it but it's kind of like hmm, planet money is one of the ones that's kind of like that for me where the show has changed and some and i don't it's not an instant listen but it is still worthwhile where sometimes if i have like a long car trip or something i'll like knock out a four of them in a row so it just it gets repurposed in the way that it's it's used you know what I've been speaking of just knocking out episodes. I've I've been finally going back and clearing out. I I, I didn't listen to the last handful of uh, the new Washington episodes when those first oh, came rest out. In, rest in peace. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I've I've been going back and listening to those. Mm -hmm. Um. You know that it, it there's definitely sort of like a a timely aspect to them where not only are they talking to a person but they're typically talking to them about something that was happening in the moment. So some of them are a little dated now, but it's still still really interesting. It is. Yeah, yeah. The Roger Stone one was a little... Well, he, he's just not a very good person. Yeah, I, I listened to that one. That would be, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the podcast debt has is, is, is gotten, gotten better. It's been, been kind of burning that down. Uh, that's one way to solve the problem. <laughs> um, oh, you're, you're doing a controlled burn to save the forest. <laughs> right, right. No, I've, just, I've been really like... I've been more aggressive about... Like, if there's any sort of spare moment I have, like, I'll you know, throw on a podcast, even if it's just like for a few minutes. And I think that's, that's sort of added up over the last handful of weeks or so. In the past year, have you un given up or unsubscribed to any? In like the past year? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I haven't listened to an episode. I'm still subscribed, but I haven't listened to an episode of the talk show since 
the last October episode. or November. Mm. Um, and like, so I, I haven't even listened to that one that Jason was on at the end of the year. I, I want to listen to that one. Oh, and the Merlin one was very good. I so that that one I'm yeah that one I'm like halfway through on and and, and intend on finishing. But but it, yeah, it, it isn't. It, that's another example of a show that I used to be entirely up to date on and have just not completely uh you know fallen off the bandwagon as you would say but have have not have not kept up in the same way that i used to yeah well how do we get on this topic i don't know should we just let's probably just start over yes you think yeah. it's, it's going to be one of those ones that in your database is going to be one of the good episodes you think <laughs> Uh, this, 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 no. one might, this one might not get that designation no no it's a very small number of those <laughs> okay yeah no you have to you have to be selective you don't want that to become just like something you throw out every episode yeah even though they, they are they are all good but you know yeah they can't all be the wire a show i uh pretend to have watched i i've i've watched it yeah i'd rather just watch rewatch the west wing yeah i i think i think the wire is really good and i i, I would recommend watching it uh, but the the fact that it's so many people's but number one show and and for many people it's like by far and away their number one show that i that part i don't quite get I again think I, I think lying. it's i think it's very good but there are quite a number of shows i think i would put over that no it's i think it's like the book thing like there's a lot of people who will, who they don't want to say their favorite book is is harry potter and the the missing ring or whatever like they will just they'll they'll give some bs answer because they want to sound more educated and more cultured than they are i think i think the wire fits into that kind of where i don't also believe that mad men is a bunch of people's favorite show which i think is a very good show hmm yeah i think, I think that's yeah I, I think i think there's something to that well let me let, and then let me put you on the spot what's what's your favorite book Ooh, i don't think i have one hmm because things I here's like I'm a nonfiction person, and I specifically I will I like uh, historical and in uh, nonfiction. Like so, there's a an author Sarah Val that I really like who will write about the presidency and and a lot of uh, historical figures in American uh, history. Um, so she has a lot of good books, but I don't know if there's one specific one that's a favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I read a lot of books, but I don't think I have one where I'm like, uh, yeah, this 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 is it. Okay, I do have a least favorite book. <laughs> What's that? We've talked about this many times. I, 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 I fucking cannot stand the Great Gatsby. Oh yeah, you, you and me both. I yeah. literally one of the worst books ever. Yeah, I, I did not, I did not care for that either. Yeah. Uh, again, what were we talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> Somehow, I think this traces back to Dunkin' Donuts, and I was trying to talk about eBay. Oh God, we're th- half hour into this. <laughs> um, so I have a weird hobby. I, I. I Whenever I can't sleep, I, I buy weird things on the internet, and um, I have a very small uh, vintage computer collection, and I, I bought a PowerBook G4 12-inch. I'm slowly trying to get all of my favorite computers that will fit neatly in my house, which means they're mostly laptops. You, so you, you can decline to answer if, if you want, but it's like, what does something like that cost? Uh, this was $60. Oh wow! Okay, so that's the thing. So no, here's the thing. Okay. Like, that, that's that's much much less than I thought you were gonna say. No, because here's the thing. Like, and you you know who Stephen Hackett is, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got like a super extensive collection, right? So he he's the co-founder of Relay FM, and he's right. Hero is maybe a bit too much, but like he I, I super admire. Like he he lives in 
in in ten in uh, Nashville, right? Yeah. So like he like so housing is a little bit more affordable, but he has like this uh, in in his backyard. Like he has his uh, podcasting studio, and he also has like this vintage like Mac museum, which is so cool, and I'm so envious of it. So for me, like I currently own a, a Macintosh Classic, um, which is the 1989 remake of the original Macintosh from 1984. Um, I have the Power Mac G4 Cube. I have a, uh, I think it's a PowerBook 530cc, which is one of the earliest um, modern non-6800 uh, Motorola Macs. And then I got the 12-inch PowerBook because it was one of my favorite computers ever. Or sorry, not because I didn't own it. It's one of those, I don't know, did you as a kid ever have like just things you really, really wanted to own, but because you had rational parents and you weren't rich, you could never own? Oh, yeah. I mean, all kinds. Yeah. So like that, like the the PowerBook G4, like the 12 inch was the perfect size. Like it, for its day, it was such an insanely portable computer, and it was really powerful for its day. Um, and uh, astute members of the audience will remember that that product was launched with an advertisement uh, that featured because um, this product was introduced alongside the 17 inch uh, PowerBook G4 and the whole premise of the marketing campaign, which was narrated by Jeff Goldblum was the uh the biggest and smallest things in portable computing and it had yao ming and Vern troyer in an airplane together and Vern troyer had the 17 inch and yao ming had a 12 inch and it was it was, it was very very good so please find that on youtube and put it in the yeah notes. I, I i vaguely remember that yeah i'll uh i'll find that and put that in the notes but yeah so like yeah the 12 inch power book is it it's a great computer and it's it's really surprising that the the design and style has held up because it is now a computer that's literally 15 years old um and man that 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 key travel it's, it's very good back back when apple keyboards had key travel yeah yeah it, 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 it's it's a very good uh it's a very good machine there are a couple other ones i'm still eyeing but that's the thing where it's difficult to find one that's in good condition and it still functions and is reasonably priced so that's kind of my threshold where maybe every two months i will get bored or can't sleep and i will go on ebay and look for some of my favorite computers i'm still looking for uh the orange ibook g3 um and there's a few others and i kind of want a newton but those are still those are consistently too expensive for something i wouldn't actually use even though i'm not someone who would ever really be interested in purchasing one. I, I am a little disappointed that Apple doesn't still offer their products in a bunch of like crazy colors. Like I, I, I don't think I would buy like a bright green iPhone, but I might. The, the, the new Samsung Galaxy S9 comes in three really cool colors. Like it comes in a very, and they're both very tasteful. One's a purple and then there's a blue one and then there's a black one. And things like, I don't know, like, the iPhone could come in more fun colors. Because like, I think, like, the new version of gold that the 8 and 8 Plus come in, it's not a very good shade of gold. Like, they tried to hedge and make one that was in between gold and rose gold, and it's kind of like copper, but kind of like blush pink. Like, they could, they don't have to go all 5C on it. But if Apple ever sees that, like, iPhone repurchase rates are slowing down, or they think people might want something different... Like something that screams new is a premium phone that is a color that's never been released before. And that for a lot of consumers, that's what they want. So I don't see why they can't do that. 
Like they kind they kind of did it with the product red iPhone, but it was like that weird peppermint combo, which wasn't really doing it for most people. I guess one of the big things though, which is different about the iPhone from say the iPods back in the day, which which did often come in a bunch of crazy colors, or I guess the iPod Nano specifically, mm-hmm. is that people you know put their iPhones in cases. Whereas I don't think like case cases weren't really like they 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 weren't they weren't really a thing for iPods. I would hmm, I think a lot of people have clear ones, and and in the advent of pop sockets, I think. I'm to, sorry, what'd you call me? You this has to have permeated your your, a, your a, a a pop socket. P O P S O C K. Is that going to be safe to search on the internet? Uh, Google already neutered image search, so I think you're fine. Okay, we'll get to that. Get a get a grip on your phone. No, because this is this is insanely popular, especially with women uh, who have the plus model phone, because it's a really high strength adhesive thing. And you like if you wanted to give out to people, like you could get a picture of you and your lady friend and give it out as as a gift to people. Like you can custom print your own uh, gigantic phone hold a, a holding aid. And and pa- pass those out at the wedding as guests arrive. Is that what you're suggesting? Basically, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to go, go too too far there, but yeah, you totally uh, could. Yeah, we're 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 definitely not going to do that. So, but the <laughs> you <laughs> could do these. God, I have, I have just we might we might do the rest of the show on these. I just have so many questions. How have you not seen? Because like, oh, do like maybe it's a is it a Marin thing? Like literally <laughs> everybody maybe. everybody with an eight plus has these. God, where do I even start? So, so my first question is: Is this is this like semi permanent, or does this like come on and off easily? It uh, it's a really high strength adhesive. So yes, it's removable, but it's not something that like it doesn't readhere. So wait, so this just stays on your phone all the time? Yeah. So it's a thing that pops. Uh, is there? There's got to be a thing. Um, so go to hover over, hover over the hamburger button. How do you put the phone in your pocket? Because it folds flat. Oh. So the thing is, it, it it folds completely flat, or almost. Like I mean, just physics and such. But it pops out like to two different levels, and then it gives you kind of a grip on the back of your phone, and then you can also use it to prop up the phone to watch video. Like I would not have this, but I think it's it's a totally legitimate and kind of neat product. Okay, this is this. Okay, this is neater than I first thought. The the fact that it folds relatively flat that that's kind of interesting and one thing i don't see very common but you can actually buy two of them and it becomes like a thing to hold your headphones but come on if, hmm. you're, if you're civilized get some airpods right um so i don't know it's it's pretty neat um and there's some like the aluminum ones are actually pretty nice um and i do like that they're reasonably priced like i know you'd probably be thinking like oh 15 for a thing that's probably like four cents worth of materials but like with i with iPhone accessories, like stuff gets expensive for no good reason. I think this is still pretty reasonable. But also, yeah, you create your own, so you can, you know, put our whatever our wedding hashtag ends up being. Just put put them on these. I thought you already had one narrowed down. You got to you got to get on that. You got you have to create your custom Snap Geo filter. We've narrowed it down, I think, to a few, but but I I don't think we've committed to any one yet. So it's a it's a very important decision. Are arguably the most important decision of that day. I mean, how how else are people going to post photos from the wedding on social media? It's, most definitely, it's very important. Yeah, and I I fully fully expect you to to have your uh, your fancy camera. 
Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, you should, you should, you shouldn't bring that. No, no, I'll, 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 I'll bring some drones, some backup drones. Oh, okay. oh, that'd be nice. Um, I, drones are ruining everything. I really, I want a drone. Gro- didn't. No, <laughs> no. I, I really do. Is there a, a legal document that just has nothing to do that says you can't buy a drone before you have a five K iMac, so that way you never have a drone? <laughs> they're they're silly. They well, they are silly, but they're they're fun. Uh disagree. I want I want a drone, and I want um. There's like this gajillion piece Millennium Falcon Lego set. Oh, the one Brady has. Oh, that's that's something that the the lady friend did put her foot down on that. <laughs> oh, because well, that's because it's sixteen hundred pieces, and and it takes a skilled, and it's only for people sixteen plus. Well, but but most importantly, when you're done building it, it's like three it feet long. <laughs> yeah. So, so where the hell do you put it? Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure it would mesh with your uh, it's transitional. Transitional. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I uh, I was not able to articulate where it would go after it was built. Uh, straight in the trash can. <laughs> like it, no, it's like I'm sure if you sold it, like this is an experience for me to uh, build it and then immediately throw it away. I'm like sure, like she's like, hey, that's that's an experience. Millennials are all about experiences. Yeah, but it's pretty expensive. It's like six hundred bucks or something. So, um, pop sockets. Okay. God, what the f- oh, so so. Somehow we were talking about the power book. Um, thought we were still talking about eBay. Yeah. So like, so yeah, <laughs> power book's cool. Um, the person actually saved the box, which I thought was really neat. But again, because I have a very small, like six hundred square foot apartment, um, I did not save it. Um, but no, I, I was pretty psyched about that. And yeah, I'll see what else uh, I can find whenever I can't sleep. So does this does this thing turn on and, and work? Oh yeah, it's it's running OS ten point four, and um, one thing I did not remember is that uh, if you have a computer that only runs OS ten point four, the internet doesn't work on it because there's no modern browser uh, new enough that supports like anything, which which is surprising because like the newest version of of Firefox or Safari that you can get, like it doesn't support like CSS three or like some like things uh, a lot of things that make the internet run hmm. so so you so you like safari's on there but it doesn't really load any web page yeah it's kind of like if you tried to open up a computer on windows 98 second edition and load up internet explorer 5 and, and go try to download slack like it probably wouldn't work right yeah hmm. and then you get the blue screen of death and you'd wonder what a vxd error is and <laughs> That is that is not something that I'm going to be fishing on eBay for, uh, like a Gateway 2000, Pentium 3, 450 computer. I don't think those have the same resale value or, or emotional attachment. My, Microsoft has totally ruined the blue screen. It used to be something where, you know, it would it would pop up some ominous looking code. Like, and it was a very, like, serious thing when it happened, as it should be. And now... It's like freaking emojis and like, oops, sorry, something happened. Like all like that cutesy error language that a lot of companies like to use now. I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of that. It's got the frowny face and it has a, it and it has a QR code on it because f- fucking of course Microsoft would. <laughs> and it says like, hey, if you want to figure out what this error is, uh, pick up your Windows phone and try to scan this QR code. And just what is even going on with this? Yeah, yeah, Windows. Yeah, Windows ninety eight. It was kind of it was it was a very serious thing. It's like this whole thing's going down. Because like it, you got it got dumped into this thing that had weird un anti alias fonts and it was like 
like you're back in DOS and you're like, you're like, Oh shit. Well, looks like I'm not turning in this paper on time. <laughs> um, and then yeah, hopefully, cause remember when office built in the thing where like the whole feature, like the big marquee feature of like office 97 or office 2000 was, Oh, we compensate for when windows crashes. Cause we secretly save the Auto's, document. Every three minutes. Save, yeah. Yeah. It's like the thing that still persists in Microsoft Excel where it says can't quit Excel. Right. Because you have some weird dialogue box open and in the street. Can't ever quit Excel. Oh, you want to start the show? Uh yeah, let's let's go ahead and start. Should we do we do the clap? Get get synced up here. I guarantee nobody who listens to this knows what that means. Uh, it's part of the charm. Yeah. Uh yeah, let's let's um yeah, how are you, how are you going to pivot this? <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, to let's let's just blow through this follow up. Uh, one password has a new thing about. Is this kind of when I haven't actually read about this feature? So actually, please tell me what it is. So this is um, an update where it will now automatically notify you when you when you have a password with a website or a service where that said website or service has had a, some type of security breach. And if you haven't updated your password since that incident occurred, it will now notify you of that and, and prompt you to uh, update your password. Okay, well, people should. That's another reason to use one password, and another reason you should remember your one password master password. <laughs> yes. Follow up number two: states continue to fight for network neutrality. The the follow up here just is in, in this Ars Technica article, which I'll link to, which is one of the things that states are pointing out is that. Part of the way that the FCC repealed net neutrality was saying that they didn't have the authority in the first place to implement net neutrality policy. And so now what the states are saying is, well, okay, FCC, if you don't have any regulatory um, basis here, then we're going to come in and, and make our own rules. And I just, I don't know, that, you know, we, when we first brought this topic up a week or two ago, I think, you know, we were both not really sure exactly how states would justify trying to come up with their own net neutrality rules. But I think this is sort of a, sort of an interesting strategy. Yeah, I think, yeah. And if more states keep on doing it, even though it's going to become like a stupid regulatory patchwork, I think maybe when administrations change, it'll make it easier or more clear about the the need for going back to title two classification so who knows all right and then the one thing i did actually want to talk about maybe more at length did you read or at least skim uh the article in the new york times about um smart things versus like in like in praise of the dumb analog equivalent yes what were your thoughts on this the thesis being that uh, things like uh, a standard analog watch or like a regular old alarm clock or like pad and paper, like that kind of stuff. It's kind of like this whole thing where we've gone so far and we're now just like look, doing this weird introspective stuff uh, because we're, we have the luxury of doing that where all this technological progress and stuff like that is is actually now frowned upon. I think taken to either extreme. So if you're someone who just wants to completely digitize everything and throw out anything that's analog, or if you're someone that's just like so totally over technology stuff and you want to go totally analog, I think either of those extremes is kind of dumb. And I, I think a happy a happy middle ground is probably the right place to be where 
I don't think it's I don't think it's smart to just completely dismiss one or the other. Like like many things, again, a happy middle ground is where you want to be. I I think that's true, and that, that is something where I think you're actually a pretty good um, early adopter in in the fact that you like don't you 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 you're conservative about what you will digitize, and it needs to have a, a there needs to be a decent. Uh, cost benefit analysis done to see if this is just something that's this uh novelty for the sake of oh i can it's like you haven't embraced like getting like a smart door lock or any of that that weird stuff but um, in, but in terms oh well because well, because no it was like, i just i don't have a house yet but i when i when i do i, I think that's something that i would want hmm okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> but i think like no or, or, okay but I think the 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 voice assistant thing, uh, excluding the HomePod, um, and and the Hue Light thing, I think like those are very sound things that it's kind of cool to to um, make smarter. Um, but I do think kind of going on the extreme end of things is is probably uh, less wise. But I think just saying that like you should not have a smartwatch because when you're riding the subway, you might have to angle your wrist like there are weird things where i think like this is just somebody had an idea for an article and then they're like oh i gotta get the 750 words so let's just let's just talk for a while and also the idea that the analog equivalent of um a car with rich infotainment systems is a car mount to put your smartphone on i don't think that's analog of anything <laughs> no like that that was, the, that was the dumbest example uh anyway but yeah, uh, setting multiple timers on the echoes is is one of the best things since sliced bread. It's it's really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, the first topic or the first main topic. Can we talk about this, or is this something that you prefer to be offline? Um, what are we referring to? Uh, Spotify's S one. Uh, we can we can we can talk about this. Okay. So this this is this is a story that. It seems to frustrate you a lot. Um, Spotify has, in, in the news media cycles, and in general opinion, has been uh, kind of the darling of of the business press and that kind of stuff, where people seem to uh, really, really want them to go public and think they have a very sound business model in a um, in an industry and in a product space that is uh, very, very difficult to make money in. Uh, because you have like entrenched players that dominate the uh, copyright and, and just like and they they control the library of content that you are going to be the middleman uh, in serving your customers and the royalty rates and the costs of acquiring content and licensing that kind of stuff is very very high. Um, and because you have players like uh, it, it's a crowd space and you have people like Apple who don't really need it to make money um, for the near term make. Uh, profitable businesses here more difficult but anyway people still seem to be very very uh pro spotify or uh thinking that it's 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 a great business and and i think you disagree a little bit um and have have other observations about their um ipo yeah when i i think um you have to bring dropbox into this conversation too because they also um filed their s1 and i i think in some ways have followed a similar pattern and and this is the part that i think sort of you know is a is a bonnet b as you would say which is it's it's just it's really unfair to 
talk about the financial performance of private companies where we don't have a complete and in some cases don't have any insight into their finances. And that particularly becomes troublesome when you try to compare these companies to similar type of companies who are already public. It just it it just it's just not it's not comparing apples to apples. And in both the case of Dropbox and Spotify, you know, there's been years and years and years of people getting super hyped up about these companies and after they've now filed their S1s, we see that they're both wildly unprofitable, particularly Spotify. And to sort of compound my frustration here, like neither of these companies is some young startup that still is in a mode where it does make sense for them to take everything and more and by I mean profits and, and reinvest it back in the business. I mean, these are companies like in the case of Dropbox, which has been around, I think, for what, a decade now. Spotify, I think similar, not not as long in the US, but they've also been around for quite some number of years. So these are not quite mature, but certainly getting close to being mature companies. And they're both extremely unprofitable. So I guess I just don't, like does does making money not matter anymore like what am i what am i missing here like i mean apple like for like you know i mean like apple will sometimes get hammered because instead of having 13 billion dollars in profit in a quarter they had 12 or you know something like that whereas you know spotify's losses continue to grow and grow and grow and that doesn't seem to be a problem so I think I think this particular example is, is challenging because I think Dropbox is more straightforward and, and it's it's a kind of a their their timing for the IPO is is tricky because they've been identified as a unicorn and I think we're for a while thought to be like a ten billion dollar company but that has since scaled back quite a bit because their other um uh like side projects and stuff that they thought would be uh, ancillary revenue to the file the file storage business didn't really pan out. But like with with Spotify, like they but Dropbox is a much more a clear business model and purpose. But Spotify is different and it's 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 weirder. Like the obvious comparison or unfair comparison that that gets made or gets brought up when talking about Spotify is Pandora. But specifically with Spotify, like they were a streaming music first company, whereas Pandora was like radio and stuff, and. As we've seen over the past, probably the past five years, streaming has become the dominant way of consuming music. People love on-demand, uh, unlimited streams of like a, a nearly infinite uh, music catalog, and with few exceptions like Adele and Taylor Swift and stuff like that, most artists and music companies have been willing to play ball with the streaming music business model, even though that relationship in terms of like licensing and, and copyright costs is ultimately killing the streaming music players. Like it, it is where the market is going. And I think the tricky part here is that somebody or at least a couple of players, if it ends up being like a duopoly situation, like it's, it's a viable business model and it's a product that is here to stay. And somebody has to win. Or there have to be people that uh, that rise to the top and be the dominant market players, and eventually, once you reach a certain market position, 
you have to either find a way to raise prices to an equilibrium point where you are not running huge uh, losses every quarter, or you have enough leverage in uh, licensing cost negotiations where you can make deals with record labels that are more uh, supportive of your ultimate business model. And I think the optimism around Spotify is that people think that they are one of the dominant players with the most um, supportive customers and people who, like, just in terms of people liking the service, I think they come out way ahead of everybody else. Like, now that RDO is gone, it was acquired by Pandora, and um, Apple Music is kind of, even with that gigantic install base boost that they have, um, and, like, all the vendor lock-in that Apple uh, institutes, like, I think Spotify is still doing fairly well. And of course, I don't think Apple Music is going to get a ton of traction outside of iOS. Like, I think people think that Spotify will be one of the key players going forward. So I think they're figuring that everything else will just work itself out. I guess, though, yeah, I think I think you make a lot of fair points there, and I agree with most of what you said. But I but thinking about music in particular here, like, so that I'll, I put this recode link uh, in the thing, and I'll, I'll put it in the notes as well. It's it's. Uh, uh, Spotify's IPO in six charts. And, and the very first chart is the U.S. music industry and the amount of revenue it's generated from 1999 to 2016. And in 1999, it, this was a $21 billion industry. And now it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about a, when you add streaming, digital downloads, and physical, somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 6 to $8 billion industry. So... I guess I guess it's 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 hard for me to get my head around justifying all of the losses that Spotify's incurred and will continue to incur for a market which just isn't all that big anymore. What hmm. what do you, what what market's not that big? Just the people's appetite for purchasing music. Like people just don't. I mean, the, the the cold reality is people just don't really spend money on music like they used to. Well, but music's not good. Then, but music's not going away. Yeah, but more of it is now being consumed live. It's being mm-hmm. watched on YouTube. It's just it's being consumed in different ways, and I'm just not really sure that. I don't know. I guess I'm just not really sure the number of people who are going to pay ten dollars a month to. To stream music, and and I'm I'm just not, I'm I'm not really sure what the path to profitability is, even if you do get people to sign up for that type of service. I think the 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 adoption rate of of streaming music services approaches almost one to one with people with with active like subscriptions to cell phones and that kind of stuff. Like I I think that just like so so you think you think the music you think the music industry is going to return back to its 1999 heyday? No. But I think overall, the economics of the all this is going to work itself out over time. Like I think overall, like the music industry will have will be forced to adapt to kind of the new reality of how people consume music. And I think <clears throat> music is a content type where to go off on a tangent real quick. Like Spotify, in a lot of ways, and Netflix are really similar stories. Like if you leave behind the Netflix Netflix original content side of the equation, yeah, but where... I but I don't I don't think you can that that is the single differentiating point between Netflix and Spotify. 
but I mean, I mean, in the sense that Netflix, for a lot of people, made piracy irrelevant. Like in the sense that if you look at like overall usage of like BitTorrent and stuff like that, piracy is way down compared to the kind of like ever since Napster and then there was Kazaa and then there was like BitTorrent where everybody was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to the Pirate Bay and I'm going to download this Sugar Ray Greatest Hits album because I, I don't, I don't want to go down to the Sam Goody or the Best Buy to pay for it. So I think most of that is going down because things like Netflix and Spotify have made uh, discovery and uh, ease of consumption across multiple devices, especially since mobile is such a big thing now. They've made it easier than piracy. So I think a lot of people think that $10 a month is worth it. Whether or not $10 a month reflects the true cost of content, which, spoiler, it isn't, like you, I still think there's going to be some meeting in the middle of the revenue that the content creators want slash need to fund their business and the means of delivery to the customer. Like, we're not going to go back to people buying $18 albums day of release unless you are like one of five artists. So something has to happen there. And the company with the most supportive and loyal customers are going to be the company that is successful there. And I think that's what people are banking on Spotify for. And then like going on that note, like they're just like the the economics of the music industry are going to fix themselves. Like if content, if, if revenue from content uh, licensing agreements shrinks a little bit, or at least maybe the, the amount that they make per stream or per listener drops, like they'll figure it out. They will have more, less popular artists or they will make more on content like they will figure out a way to make that work but you can't change the way consumers have now become accustomed to consuming your content and the product that you provide you need to fit that reality there have been so many examples over the past two decades of companies and industries that try to find a way to make their old business model work and fail miserably at it. Yeah, I mean again, you you make a lot of you make a lot of fair points, but I I just continue to be a little bit more skeptical of of people's optimism here. Well, but what what's the alternative, I guess? I I mean, I just I I think there's a really compelling case behind streaming music becoming just a component and to be, I mean, to be more blunt about it, sort of a lost leader as a part of bigger organizations. Yeah, but other than Apple, I don't see who that is. I mean, I, I, it's it's anecdotal, but I mean, I I know quite a few people who use Amazon Music just because it's included with Prime. Well, actually, it's not right, included yeah. with Prime. Well, I, 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 a part of a part of it is there's Amazon Prime Music, but then there's also sort of their separate, more built out uh, subscription service. Well, because isn't Amazon like the included Prime Music? Isn't it basically just Pandora, and then you have to pay no, there, five or ten dollars a month? No, there, there's a, there's an on-demand component to it too. Um, Got it. And then you know, I mean, I know that you hate on it, but I I also know a ton of people who really like Google Play Music. So I mean, you know, it's just I I don't see people using it. I mean, I mean, I I do. Um, hmm. I just again, like I, I guess the the reason I'm skeptical is because no one's 
no one's been able to or really has even come close to showing that music as a standalone streaming service can be profitable or again anywhere even close to being profitable so i, I until i'm proven otherwise i'm just going to be a little skeptical of that because I, I mean i think your i think your point about the economics sort of working themselves out over time is 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 potentially true but I mean, also, man, like you got to remember, you're talking about the music industry. This is a this is an industry that has not acted economically rational in the past 15 years. So, so, so why doesn't Pandora start? Uh, or sorry, why doesn't Spotify just start signing artists themselves? So, like, why doesn't it? Why doesn't it become a Netflix situation? I mean, that's. I mean, right. That that's sort of an that that's an interesting. That would be an interesting strategy, and I that I think that very much changes the dynamics of what I'm talking about here. Um, and that's, that's why I really pushed back when you sort of like made the Netflix comparison and, and, I, and I've seen other people do that today, but Netflix has been able to carve out this original content situation for them, which has kind of helped eliminate their biggest problem, which is content costs. Whereas, you know, Spotify has done nothing of that sort. Um, well, how, how do you, how do you know the next Kesha won't be like a Spotify exclusive? Like, like there has to, like music labels aren't what they used to be. And and everybody's uploading their stuff to SoundCloud. Like there, there has to be a thing where if the record labels are used to giving like million dollar advances and stuff like that, like once the established artists like age out of dominance, like other people can fill that gap, either the existing players adjust their economic expectations to match the reality of the way the customer wants to consume content or the content creators go directly to consumers either through youtube or patreon or that kind of stuff or they sign with these other people no i I think the whole thing where apple has like this one billion dollar budget for original content and they're trying to remake a bunch of weird stuff and sign on jj abram's fifth cousin or whatever to, to create stuff like I don't see how Spotify or others don't start creating a budget for uh, original content. And that, and that goes to the other point, like Spotify is trying, like they're kind of pulling a, an Amazon and kind of throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Cause they, they, they have like this like weird podcasting integration, like audibles, like doing podcasts. Now I think people are still trying to figure out what creates loyal customers. And to Spotify's credit, judging by this article you sent me, their churn is dropping every single year as their subscribers grow. So they're figuring something out to recreate a stickier service that makes for happy customers. Yeah, I think the churn the churn numbers are positive. Obviously, their increasing gross margin is is positive, but I don't know. It, it's gonna it 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 take it's gonna take a lot for them to become a, a profitable company. Sure, like it's 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 just it's that's not something that's gonna happen anywhere in the near future i don't think probably true gotta spend money to make money if last week's episode tossed <laughs> anything that's true all right um let's 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 just skip around a little bit amazon buys the ring doorbell company for a billion dollars yeah um and I, I think I don't, I don't know a ton about these smart doorbells but i think ring is sort of considered to be like the, yeah, they're the, the market or, leader, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, like by by far. 
Um, there was an uh, there was a story like late last year. Was it was it that they successfully bought, or they were thinking of buying? Like, didn't Amazon try to buy like August or some smart like lockmaker, and then that's why they have Amazon Key now? Uh, well, they, Amazon Key came before, but I, I think Amazon did just recently close that acquisition of August. Got it. So yeah, like so so Ring like they the they started out like as a Shark Tank company, like they they tried to start their business there they didn't end up getting a deal or whatever but they they had they had a very viable product and they have like i i see them everywhere and like they they yeah like it's kind of like the iphone of this this market there's a ton of like fast followers that have tried to create the same uh, experience but they have a brand with like cachet and, and a good reputation behind it and they are pretty dominant in the space and it's really surprising that Amazon chose to buy it, I guess, thinking that all that brand loyalty is is worth it compared to just making their own thing. Because Amazon is obviously not afraid of making a first party whatever. Uh, so real real time correction here. Amazon did not purchase August. They There's been rumors that they attempted to acquire them, but were rebuffed. Yeah. And then they just made their own thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Ring is pretty cool. Um, I am very interested to see what you do when you get your own house. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty the the idea of a smart doorbell, a smart lock, and a smart garage door opener. That those three things are very appealing to me, and a smart thermostat, of course. They call that a hat trick. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, pretty cool. I, I don't have a ton to add here, but um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I am always intrigued by what amazon thinks is worth its time and apparently they think that's worth their time um also they're making uh amazon is going to make i think six more amazon go uh mostly humanless uh convenience stores one of which will be i think in the grove uh in la which is uh pretty cool i'm glad this concept is expanding and even though we haven't heard a lot about it since the initial rollout, I'm, I'm sure people are delighted every time they go into one. So, yeah. No no Bay Area store announced, though. <sighs> uh, people would lose their mind. <laughs> there would <they're> be... If, yeah. Just... Um, what can they replace in the Metreon? I don't know. Yeah, the PlayStation store. Oh, that's, that's long gone. Yeah. I did not know they gave out uh, engraved bottles of wine for the opening of the Metreon. I, I did not know that, although I, I did know that um, it was sort of Sony's brainchild, and it just never, oh, yeah. just never really panned out that way. Although, I will say to their credit that when when you and I moved here in 2010, like the Metreon was, was totally floundering and was basically just empty. And they've, they've really done a nice job turning it around. The, the AMC theater that's in there is nice. There's the Target, of course, which has been great. Um, the food court's full again. I mean, they've, they've done a really nice job kind of reimagining it. Yep. Pretty great. Um, what else? What else? Yeah, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you pick. Let's, let's look, through the, look through the agenda here. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess we, could, we could hit on the kind of the unofficial start of the Apple rumor season. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the 
one of the first ones was was the AirPods, which I kind of think was kind of like the, a, a little bit of a strange, the world's most obvious article ever. But uh, apparently Apple is working on uh, newer versions of AirPods that might have at least like some like wake word listening type embedded stuff so that uh, AirPods are a bit more hands-free, uh, which is neat. But otherwise, kind of we I think we already knew this was coming, especially when Apple was going to, at the very least, create like a new charging case because they're uh, eventually going to do that air power thing. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, it seems I don't know, it seems super, seems super obvious. But I, I'm, I, I'm not really in any way clamoring for new AirPods. Like, I'm, I'm very much happy with mine. I, I, I'm clamoring for some black ones. It new, yeah, go, yeah. Going back to our earlier point, dude, new colors would be would be great. But in terms of functionality, I'm there's not really a lot there that I'm missing. Yeah, yeah. Black or space gray AirPods. Make those a special edition, put put Dr. Dre on it, whatever, in in it would work out. Um, apparently, in some financial disclosure, Apple has said they are moving. They have moved a lot of their iCloud resource storage away from Microsoft Azure over to Google Cloud Platform. Kind of interesting, although like all a whole ton of the reporting on it has been weird. Of like, oh, your your iCloud data is actually hosted by Android or something. Like, there, there's it's been spun a lot of really dumb ways, but. It's it's a mildly interesting note, but but evidently Google doesn't have like actual access to what Apple's hosting. Oh yeah, because it's all encrypted anyway. So like they yeah. they don't hold the decryption right. keys. Right. Yeah. Although related uh, in, in in China, uh, China, the Chinese government will have, will have. Well, actually, I, I should phrase this carefully. Uh, the encryption uh, keys for iCloud data that is now stored on Chinese servers will also be located inside China. Which I don't know if that means the government has access to it. People can do more research into that, but that's that's always kind of kind of great. And then I think the more interesting part is is that uh, there apparently is going to be an iPhone 11 Plus or whatever. Actually, I don't think we've discussed if we think the iPhone 10 dies this generation, if like if if they kill it off this season. Um. Yeah. I mean, so the there's there's a there's a few different things happening here. So the um. The kind of the core rumor here is is what we've been hearing about for a while now, and Ang Gurman sort of confirming it, which is there's going to be three new iPhones this year. There's going to be a larger version of what we know as the iPhone 10. There'll be an upgraded version of the iPhone 10, and then there's going to be some third less expensive phone that's going to have the similar edge to edge ish display, but it's going to be LCD instead of OLED. Um, I'm not really, well, we'll, we'll get to this, but, um, I'm not really clear on exactly what else is going to make it cheaper. Like just having the screen be the only difference doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but again, what we can maybe come back to that. Um, and it's sort of like that last point sort of ties into like, yeah, the, the, the broader question of like, what is Apple's phone lineup going to be this year? I, I think top to bottom, there's just a lot more uncertainty than there has been in in years past i know you're not on board uh with the um iphone 10 isn't selling as well as hoped bandwagon but um yeah i'm very interested in this generation of how this plays out because like i as much like 
I, I was vindicated with the, with the uh, Uber financials and kind of predatory pricing thing. I do still feel that the iPhone 10 was for the most part a mistake on the part of Apple. Like I, I know it succeeded in driving up the average selling price, which is what they wanted, but also they jacked up the price of the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus by $50 anyway by reconfiguring the memory capacities on it. So I I don't know, but I don't know if the iPhone 10 lives on cuz like if they get rid of the OLED display, then that takes away one of the biggest features of the phone. I mean like how does that even work where like if in terms of like with OLED and the notch if you're looking at a black display like that um like top region where the notch overlaps is for the most part seamless due to the nature of OLED. If it's LCD, that's definitely not the case anymore. So that just seems weird. So then is everybody like like I, I just don't know what they do with that. Well, yeah, and I and I also just it, again, if 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 the only difference between this new third phone and the new iPhone 11 or whatever whatever those phones are called, like it, it has to be more than just the screen. So like what like what else what else is going to differentiate that phone and make it less expensive? Yeah. And does that mean like that and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago but like do they just not have like this premium high-end phone anymore because like I don't think Apple wants to regress on the improvements. Well, it depends on your perspective if it's an improvement or not on the average selling price of iPhones. So, do they find another excuse to have like a um like a, an ultra premium or like exceptionally premium iPhone in the lineup that starts at a thousand dollars or like just what, what do they do with it? I mean, I, I assume, I assume that the iPhone 11 or what they, whatever they end up calling it is going to be priced at the same starting price as the iPhone 10. Well, so then what's the name of the new low end iPhone 10 still iPhone 10. Is there an iPhone nine? I mean, if they if they stick to their numbering convention, then I think it's the iPhone nine. So there's gonna be the, there's gonna be the iPhone nine and the iPhone eleven. I mean, it's no different than there being the iPhone eight and the iPhone ten. Like, or I, I just think that gap is weird. Like, I think iPhone iPhone X and iPhone ten. Like, I think just from like just in the same way you had um, Mac OS ten. Like, I think that name and numbers has like just kind of like a, a little bit of like kick ass to it. Yeah, and well, I can't find yeah. Like, I don't see how iPhone nine. They're like, oh, but I thought like, so wait, this is last year's iPhone. I thought the iPhone ten was the cool phone. So in in twenty eighteen, why are you trying to sell me last year's iPhone? This thing costs seven hundred dollars. What? So I, I don't know how it's going to work, but like, I, I'm interested to know. I mean, I, I think we've been early. <laughs> I've I've been saying for years that like it would make sense for Apple to get rid of the numbering convention. I do really think this is the year that they do that. Well, what what are they going to do? I don't. I don't know. This is this is a 2018 know. iPhone Premium, and this is the 28 uh, 2018 iPhone uh, of less than Premium. Like, what what are you going to call it? Because Tim Cook loves to skew diversity. Like he he will sell you whatever you could possibly. Like he he barely discontinued the iPad two like a week ago. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, we said it when talking about last year's iPhone lineup that one of the interesting things about it was it was going to make 2018's lineup really really complicated and that's that's proving proving to be borne out yeah all right um 
Uh, Airbnb is releasing Airbnb Plus. That kind of sounds like a made-up story, but it's totally not. <laughs> Why is everything named Plus? Got Pandora Plus. Got uh, iPhone 8 Plus. Everything's a plus. Hmm. Uh, before we round this out, yeah, do you, which uh, I'll, I'll give you one last topic that we can promote. Okay, what's that? Oh, no, I'm saying like... Oh, of like the four main things we have, what 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 do you think's worth promoting? Um, I don't know. I feel like like the I think the self driving car stuff is is a longer topic that we that probably makes sense to table at least for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not really seeing anything else super time sensitive. Yeah. Eh, Google destroyed Google Image Search by removing the view image button. There's nothing really to talk about there, other than that it's kind of just a huge bummer, and it's and it's super super aggravating. Yeah, but it it definitely falls into the category that skip mode does, which is it it always seemed too good to be true. So that, that you can link to an image, uh, yeah, but link to an image without going to the source material, like that's that's always felt a little weird. All right, yeah, let's wrap this up. All right, so I've, I've got a I've got a very positive chef special for you this week. It's it's been a long time since we've done just a classic Instagram recommendation. Hey, um, so we're gonna go ahead and, and and pull that out this week. I'll put this in the thing for you. I, I I think I think we've shared this offline before, but this is Sporty the Dog on Instagram. He is a golden retriever in Chicago that walks himself. And he's he's the best. His human does a really nice job of keeping his Instagram story um, updated multiple times a day. He's he's just the best. Multiple things about this. One, he's a super cute older dog. Mm-hmm. I love older pups. Ten, ten, 10 years old. And also, I really am very happy that you have adopted uh, calling a pet's owner its human. Yeah, you know, Thank you. when you when you told me about that, it it really resonated with me. I th- I've I've thought I thought a lot about that since then. So yeah, I I have I have I have adopted that. Yeah, you're, it's either your dog's human or your dog's person, but it's 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 not your owner. You don't you don't own a dog. Yeah, no, I I I like that. But this, this is a good little dude. Yeah, he's he's the best. Oh, and his his owner is a very good uh, photographer. I like this his, one of him his, crossing his, the street. His human. Thank you. God damn it. <laughs> you were just doing um, it as an example. Yeah. Uh, it's owner have. Let's call back. Um, oh, yeah. Good little dude. Okay. Um, shit. I don't think I have one this week. Let me, uh, let me, let me, let me think for a sec. No, I, I, I don't think I have one. <laughs> Did the, uh... I totally spaced it and usually I think of one, but I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think I do. Did the uh, the the mystery topic fit into this in any way, or I real? I guess I think that's it. I think I was really hoping that that would be one. Yeah. But technically, uh, I've only had it for an hour, so I have literally no idea if it's going to be any good <laughs> or not. Um. Yeah, actually, you know what? I will give you know I I will give one. This is not a hearty endorse an, an endorsement, but um, actually, I'll give you two. I know you don't use Reddit, and most people shouldn't use Reddit because it's a garbage fire. But if you curate your list properly, um, you can get some good stuff out of it. And I will send you um, two subreddits that maybe people should check out. So the first one is called uh, r 
we want plates. And I don't know if you come across this in the Bay Area. I don't think it's as prevalent here. But there's a certain type of restaurant that tries to be um, adventurous and edgy with how they plate food. Oh, I you, <laughs> this is so making me so angry. So that's why this is a really good subreddit, which is um, like it's like there are certain places that do it well where they'll put like sometimes they'll, they'll bring out like a like a rustic wood chopping board or something for like charcuterie or something like and, and that's cool. But uh, like on here, there's uh, mashed potatoes in a martini glass. <laughs> <laughs> there was one where and here's like and I've been following this like I, I only got turned on to this subreddit in like a few weeks ago. And I think like over the past three weeks, there have been like four examples from different restaurants of food that comes out on shovels. <laughs> it's it's so fucking weird. Um, okay, this one's pretty good. It's uh, fried chicken served on a wood stump with uh, apparently a Luxo lamp on it <laughs> and a like little mini machete. <laughs> Like or, or like it's it's like the thing that the Grim Reaper uses, it's like a scythe or whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, so, so this is a good kind of like, what the fuck subreddit because I I can't think of a good example in the Bay Area, um, because I tend not to go to bad restaurants. Um, no, I well, what the uh the example that I think of is uh, I I know you don't like this show, but. But whatever, I I like it. Chopped. Um, they oh, okay. one one of their plating options is the the wood stump, and it is way way overused. Like it's used on stuff that has no business being served on on a wooden stump, and they try to do it just to you know be like different. As somebody who owns a one hundred pound wood stump, I find that offensive. <laughs> uh, um, oh man, I, I, I'm I'm still just scrolling through this. There's a cocktail in a popcorn box oh yeah no and, and there's a thing where like somebody like made like a long island iced tea in a fucking takeout box it's a very infuriating mildly amusing but mostly upsetting subreddit <laughs> um so again if people want to learn how to use reddit properly you sign up for an account you re you unsubscribe from literally everything and, th and then you subscribe to uh the one with cute dogs in it uh, and also there's another um I will give like an honorable mention, uh, honorable, yeah, honorable mention to uh, the subreddit. Um, well, one corgis is great, but there's also one called Dogs with Jobs, <laughs> and it's just dogs at work. That's great. So yeah, it's it's got um, yeah one of them like there's a bunch of medical offices that have comfort dogs, but sometimes they'll just be receptionists, which is kind of the, my favorite thing ever. Perhaps the cutest thing I've ever seen was, um, I've actually seen it a couple times now, but, um, the, um, like snow rescue dogs or like the avalanche dogs that you'll see at ski resorts. Um, I've seen them hop up onto the chairlift and then ride the chairlift up. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really great. Pretty good. So we, we opened with eBay and we closed with ski patrol dogs. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a pretty typical episode of uh, Technically Correct. <laughs>